My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Well, Lord, we've begun Lent once again. And as usual, when we come into your presence, we've been singing about your mercy. We've been imploring your mercy. The very first song that we sing, as you know well, Lord, the O Salutaris. This is how it's translated. O saving victim, open wide, the gate of heaven to man below. Our foes press on from every side, thine aid supply, thy strength bestow. All praise and thanks to thee ascend, forevermore, blessed one and three. O grant us life that shall not end in our true native land with thee. Amen. A beautiful prayer to make before our Lord at the exposition of the Blessed Sacrament and in any time. O saving victim, O salutari sostia, you indeed are the saving victim. You are the one who bore the weight of our sin for our sake. You who are without sin and gave up yourself for us that we may live. So when we implore your mercy, we know that we receive it, which is perhaps why we ask for it so often. On Ash Wednesday, we were once again imploring our Lord's mercy. The entrance antiphon said this, You are merciful to all, O Lord, and despise nothing that you have made. You overlook people's sins to bring them to repentance, and you spare them, for you are the Lord our God. That's from the Book of Wisdom. And then in the first reading for Ash Wednesday, from the prophet Joel, we heard this. Blow the trumpet in Zion, proclaim a fast, call an assembly, gather the people, notify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and the infants at breast. Let the bridegroom quit his room and, her bride, and the bride her chamber. Between the porch and the altar, let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep and say, Spare, O Lord, your people. Spare, O Lord, your people. We're still saying that at every Mass. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Asking for your mercy all the time. Even later in that same liturgy, the, the, the responsorial psalm was asking for our Lord's mercy. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Be merciful, O Lord, for we have sinned. Psalm 51. 
Have mercy on me, O God, in your goodness. In the greatness of your compassion, wipe out my offense. I love that line. Wipe out my offense. Destroy my offense. Thoroughly wash me from my guilt and of my sin cleanse me. For I acknowledge my offense and my sin is before me always. Against you alone have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. A clean heart create for me, O God, and a steadfast spirit renew within me. What a beautiful Lenten prayer. A clean heart create in me, O God, and a steadfast spirit renew within me. Now is a time of renewal. Renewal in Christ by his love, by his grace. This is something we do as Christians so often. We implore the mercy of God. Singing, Lord have mercy, Kyrie eleison. This is something so emphatically Christian, seeking the Lord's mercy. And someone may ask, what's the big idea? What is the, what's with the emphasis on our failures and limitations? And the simple answer is this. Well, it's, it's an emphasis on the truth. Not that we wallow in our sin, but we turn to our Lord with great confidence in his mercy. That no matter what, our Lord will go to great lengths to wipe out our offense. Lord, you will go to such great lengths to wipe out our offense. So great is your love for us. Nothing will stop you from loving us. This is an emphasis on the truth that we need a Savior. Lord, save me. Have mercy on me. Thoroughly wash me of my guilt and cleanse me of my sin. We need a Savior. Otherwise, we're essentially claiming that we can save ourselves. If we don't acknowledge that we need a Savior, we are claiming that we can save ourselves. So emphatically, let us say again, Jesus, I need you. I need you to be my Savior. Acknowledging our sin and our weakness makes us appreciative of our salvation in you. This is such an important and fundamental lesson of the spiritual life. So important is it that we devote an entire season to it. To this refrain, Lord, I need you. I really need you. We are not our own savior. Cardinal Dolan was at one point the rector of the North American College in Rome. And he collected what's called the Rector's Conference, which he would give a few times a year. Many years of Rector's Conferences, he collected them into a book. And in one of those conferences he says, young priests 
often forget that the church already has a savior. We show up to the parish and we say, I, I, I will fix everything. Everything that's wrong here, I will, I, will, I will save this parish. Forgetting that the church already has one, Jesus Christ. Lord, help us not to forget that you are our savior, you and you alone. And in Lent, we are reminded so often, praise God that the church reminds us so often of our need of a Savior and that our Savior comes. So, during Lent, in the way of the cross and the Divine Mercy Chaplet, during Mass, at every Mass, in confession, we ought to cherish the Kyrie, the Kyrie eleison. Lord, have mercy. Indeed, let's sing it. He who sings prays twice. This is perhaps the best way to enter the presence of God. To say to him, we need you. We need our hearts purified by you. And a great form of penance is, is in the prayer of the Mass, in the prayer of the Church. Perhaps it's, I think it's the best form of penance because the Mass perpetuates, makes present again the action of divine love. The work of our Lord by which he restores us to right relationship with him. Jesus offers us the mercy of the Father by his passion, his death, and his resurrection. And the Mass is the memorial of his passion, his death, and resurrection. So every Mass makes present the victory of Christ over sin. The fact that he wipes away our sin, he wipes it out, he obliterates it at every Mass. Jesus is our mediator. He stands before the Father on our behalf. He stands before us, in front of us, and he says, Lord, we have sinned. Even though he hasn't sinned, he says, Lord, we have sinned. He, sin he takes our sin upon himself. He takes the weight of our sin, the cross, upon himself. He who has no sin became sin for us. Jesus stands before the Father and says, Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy. And the Father is able to see his Son and love him and see the great lengths he will go to for love of us and renew us in the grace and the love of Jesus. It's the sacrifice of Christ that saves us. Lord, it's your sacrifice that saves us. And it's the sacrifice of Christ that happens at every Mass. It's the sacrifice that overcomes all, wipes out our offense. You could say that it's the price of our redemption is paid in excess. 
takes the guilt upon himself and pays the price for our sins in excess. It's a poor analogy, but it's as if he's left a million percent tip. on a debt that needs to be paid. So in the Mass and in Holy Communion, we unite ourselves to you, Lord Jesus. You who obliterate in your very flesh the debt we owe by your sacrifice. It's an important thing to remember how much it cost Jesus to win our redemption. To go back to Calvary. To consider this first celebration of the Mass. Calvary and the Last Supper together. how much our Lord suffers for love of us. How much it cost him, how heavy the weight of all of our sin, of millennia worth of betrayal and abuse and injustice and carelessness. He takes it all upon himself It's important to remember Gethsemane. When the apostles saw him, they saw in him something they hadn't seen before. Jesus nearly overwhelmed. It almost crushes him. All the sin of the world, all that weight, every sin. And Jesus proves that by taking it all up, that his love is more powerful than our sins. His love is so much more powerful than our sins. St. Josemaria said that late in his priesthood, he finally realized that in order to truly pray the Mass, he must pray through the passion, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, from that point on, my Mass was that much more meaningful, and I was that much more tired. It's emotionally exhausting, but it's so true the great lengths our Lord will go to, does go to, for love of us. That sacrifice is present in the Mass.
briefly we'll go to one of the stations of the cross, the sixth station. Veronica wipes the face of Jesus. A woman, Veronica by name, makes her way through the crowd with a white linen cloth folded in her hands, and with this she reverently wipes the face of Jesus. Our Lord leaves the impression of his holy face on the three parts of that veil. The beloved face of Jesus that had smiled upon children and was transfigured with glory on Mount Tabor is now, as it were, concealed by suffering. But this suffering is our purification. The sweat and the blood which disfigure and tarnish his features serve to cleanse us. Lord, help me to tear off through penance this pitiful mask I have fashioned with my wretched doings. Then and only then by following the path of contemplation and atonement will my life begin to copy faithfully the features of your life. We will find ourselves becoming more and more like you. We will be other Christs, Christ himself. By this penance, Lord, by this atonement, help us to leave the old self behind. Let you carry it away. Let you bear it up. Let you obliterate it. And help us begin again. We have such confidence when we say, Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy, because we know you have such mercy upon us. And we will meditate upon your passion and your death. Because through it, through these prayers, through the Mass, we are reminded of your love. And our hearts are moved to turn to you with such confidence so we can sing Kyrie eleison. St. Bonaventure great Franciscan says, there is no devotion more fitted for sanctification, for sanctifying a soul, than meditation on the passion of Jesus. He advises us to meditate every day upon the passion, if we would advance in the love of God. Quote, if you would make progress, meditate daily on the passion of the Lord, for nothing works such an entire sanctification in the soul as the meditation on the passion of Christ. End quote. And before him, St. Augustine has said that one tear shed in memory of the passion is worth more than to fast weekly on bread and water for a year. One tear shed, meditating on the passion. Being reminded once again of the great lengths our Lord will go to for love of us. Having our hearts melt just a little bit to know how much he cares for us.
this is the time, Lord, where we can say with even more confidence, Kyrie eleison, Lord have mercy. In order to be united to you once again. That's the entire point. The whole point of Lent, the whole point of the Christian life, is to unite our hearts to yours. And you will go to such great lengths to make that possible. St. Bonaventure, once again, just had this tremendous devotion to the passion of our Lord. And because he did, he was inflamed by the love of God. There's a prayer of his which has been preserved, which he would say after he received Holy Communion, a prayer of thanksgiving, asking for the grace, abundant grace from that union, that communion with our Lord. He writes, Pierce, O most sweet Lord Jesus, my inmost soul with the most joyous and healthful wound of thy love. With true, serene, and most holy apostolic charity, that my soul might ever languish and melt with love and longing for thee, that it may yearn for thee and faint for thy courts, and long to be, to be dissolved and to be with thee. We might as well keep going with this prayer. It's beautiful. Grant that my soul may hunger after thee, the bread of angels, the refreshment of holy souls, our daily and super substantial bread, having all sweetness and savior, savor and every delight of taste. Let my heart ever hunger after and feed upon thee, upon whom the angels desire to look. And may my inmost soul be filled with the sweetness of thy savor. savor. May it ever thirst after thee, the fountain of life, the fountain of wisdom and knowledge, the fountain of eternal light, the torrent of pleasure, the rich, richness of the house of God. May it ever compass thee, seek thee, find thee, run to thee, attain thee, meditate upon thee, speak of thee, and do all things to the praise and glory of thy name. With humility and discretion, with love and delight, with ease and affection, and with perseverance unto the end. May thou alone be ever my hope, my entire assurance, my riches, my delight, my pleasure, my joy, my rest and tranquility, my peace, my sweetness, my fragrance, my sweet savor, my food, my refreshment, my refuge, my help, my wisdom, my portion, my possession, and my treasure, in whom may my mind and my heart be fixed and firmly rooted immovably, henceforth and forever. Amen. Lord, in your mercy, have mercy on us. Have mercy on me, O God, in your goodness. In the greatness of your compassion, wipe out my offense. We can confidently say this. For we know, we know, how much you love us. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you have communicated to me during this time of prayer.
I ask your grace to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.